Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On a day where we say farewell to footy in Victoria for 2020. Hello and welcome. Great to be with you once again on Time On. Coming up this hour, Mitch Wallace from the Western Bulldogs will be our special guest. Bulldogs unveiling a debutant. I'll tell you about that very shortly. We'll go through the latest in NBL free agency. That all started to take shape today. We'll talk about the T20 schedule that was published today. Stuart Jew re-signing with the Gold Coast Suns and a whole lot more to get through. But we start the show tonight with your calls and your texts on footy making the move to Queensland. After six o'clock, it is Wednesday, the 15th of July on what has been another jam-packed day of news. My name's Jack Everett. It's a great day to be alive. Good to be with you. This hour is for your calls, one 736 736 If you're just jumping in the car, you're jumping on public transport, for those who can still take it, you're tuning the dial, whatever you're doing, if you're working from home, nice to be with you. one 736 736 to join me on the phone or on the speckle text on 0433 98 11 16. I've got an AFL fam emblem pack to give away. You can stick to vehicles and laptops. Visit famemblems.com.au for retailers. I'll give that away to our best caller in this hour. The theme of this show is that we catch up with the news of the day. We talk about the happenings, we catch you up with everything and I get your views on what's happened from across the day. It's pretty obvious where we're going to start tonight and that is footy on the move from Victoria to Queensland for 2020. In just a moment, I'll take you back in order. We'll set up the day, how it all panned out here on SEN and what we heard and what we learnt from across the day. But you as a footy fan, one 736 736 For those listening in Victoria tonight, there'll obviously be an edge of disappointment to it. Uh, I must admit, I can only speak from personal experience. I was driving in the car on the way up today. I did some stuff on SEN track this afternoon, but was in the car on the way up. I was listening to Jared, heard the announcement, and I felt flat, to be honest, as a footy fan. And I'm privileged that I get to work in the industry and get to call the games and be there. And we haven't been doing a lot of that either, but just sort of, there was just this flicker of hope that at some point we might be able to get some footy back. I didn't know whether it was going to be with crowds or not, but just having footy back in Victoria would have been fantastic. I reckon for a lot of people uh, that was taken away from us today. A good decision, a smart decision. Um, I won't dispute the decision one little bit. I think that this competition has to keep moving. We have to keep finding a way. And if the safest and smartest thing to do was to take footy to Queensland, 
And the Queensland Government have clearly worked very hard to make this happen as well. I endorse the decision and I support the decision. It's a big one from the players, and it's not just the players. It's the umpires. It's the club officials. It's the AFL officials, anyone involved in the industry. To be able to keep going, there are going to be some massive sacrifices. We're going to talk to Mitch Wallace later on this hour, and he'll tell us from a player's perspective how they have received it. There's a lot of layers to this, and I'm happy for you to pick apart any part of the layer that appeals to you. one 736 736 I must admit, when I heard the news, I felt a bit flat and it's sort of stayed with me from across the day that these are the times that we're living in and this is the world that we're living in right now. But to have no footy at all in Victoria for the remainder of 2020, that's a big deal and, and quite sad in many respects, but extremely necessary in the same breath as well. It just has to be done. So as a fan, how do you feel about it? one 736 736 uh, You may have a view on the grand final and what that all looks like now. We're, we'll play a bit of Martin Pakula very shortly. He spoke to Dwayne today, and uh, he certainly feels that the grand final could still be in Victoria. I've been on the record week in, week out, and saying that I don't know how we can start to jump ahead and talk about what a grand final looks like when we don't know what we're doing in round nine. One thing that did become pretty clear to me today, though, is regardless of where the grand final is played, it can't be Victoria. It just, it just won't be. The players are going to be there until the end in Queensland, until the end of the regular season. And the talk, and all the talk is that they will just keep pushing through until finals. I don't possibly see how we could have a grand final in Victoria. There has to be an understanding. There has to be circumstances where contracts can be put on hold or an extra year can be added but it just, it just seems impossible to think that we could have a grand final in 2020. If you've got some views on it, one 736 736 Just before I take you through everything that's happened across the day, re-footy on the move and your calls, of course, Sam in Gladstone Park, you'll be first up. Some other things to catch up with. Stuart Jews re-signed with the Gold Coast Suns. A fantastic appointment by this club. They are really going places and we've been there before with them where we've been ready to go all in and then we've had to scale back. Not this time around. I reckon it might be third time lucky, and they've absolutely got the right man in Stuart Jew. Dan Hanabry might be a chance for St Kilda this weekend. The talk is that he could be available. We'll start to get some of the teams trickle through, particularly for Collingwood and Geelong. They're playing tomorrow night. We should have those teams in about 20 minutes from now. I mentioned that the Bulldogs will unveil a debutant. It is Cody Waitman, their fourth debutant of 2020. He's picked number 15 in last year's draft. Mitch Wallace presented him with the jumper today. We've got a bit of that audio and we'll play that when we talk to Mitch in about half an hour from now. To cricket, the Big Bash schedule was out today. 60 days or more of cricket. It's going to jump earlier than it ever has before. December the 3rd is the first ball that we'll see bowled in the Big Bash season. And we're assured all wrapped up by Australia Day weekend. In the supercars, every team will be quarantined from Monday and seven teams will be relocated to Queensland. So they're on the move as well. And I mentioned NBL free agency. I'll talk more about that later in the hour. It officially opened today. Melbourne straight away acted quickly. Melbourne United and signed former Duke star Jack White. Uh, And Anthony Drimmick, one of the first big moves of the preseason, of the off-season period, has signed with the Brisbane Bullets. One of the most watchable players in the NBL will now be with the Bullets. He's leaving the Adelaide 36ers and on his way to Brisbane. No movement from the Phoenix yet. I spoke last night on the show and thought they may unveil Cam Glidden today. Not as yet. I still think it'll happen. 
but not as yet for he and Ruben Tarangi. For Phoenix fans, the news that you probably didn't want to see or wake up to this morning is that John Robeson has signed to play internationally for this season. So the little star will not be coming back to play in the NBL for NBL 21, which is very, very disappointing. Let's get to your calls. But before we do that, let's go back to how it all unfolded today on SEN. I'm being told that Victorian clubs have been informed by the AFL this morning that they'll be based in Queensland for the remainder of the home and away season. It's nine more weeks from now. So there'll be 11 rounds in nine weeks and Victorian clubs will not return home. They'll be based in Queensland. We heard from the Queensland Premier that the AFL had made the formal submission to increase the number of clubs and the number of players. And they have informed Victorian clubs that the remainder of their season will be played with a base in Queensland. Staff, I'm told, have been informed that they can't bring families, which will put enormous pressure on that front. And the players are waiting to hear what the family arrangements would be. The clubs... The cap is is 100 people and a lot of the travelling parties are at 80 before you start to add families in. So this morning, every Victorian club has been told by the AFL that they are going to be based in Queensland for the next nine weeks and that will constitute the remainder of the home and away season. I would read that as meaning 11 rounds in nine weeks, but they're not coming home. So that's how we learnt it. Today on SEM with Jared Waitley, breaking the news on his show. Gillian McLaughlin followed up with a press conference a little bit later on in the day. Today we make another decision to ensure the health and welfare of everyone and to provide greater certainty to all involved in our game for the coming weeks. Understanding the ongoing situation with COVID-19 in Victoria, Victorian teams will be based out of Queensland for up to 10 weeks, as we aim to get the majority of the season complete in that time frame. Victorian teams based in Queensland are fixed to travel interstate to play, will travel to their game and then return back to Queensland. Melbourne, which is currently based in New South Wales, will also move to Queensland next week. We'll also set up a transition hub in Queensland for players from those Victorian clubs who didn't take full playing lists and the AFL will also accommodate families who did not who did not initially go up with the clubs. So I reckon the last part of that grab was really important and I'm glad that Lawrence put that in for you to hear as well because when the news started to break there was uncertainty about the family situation and what would happen. I think that's important with Gil saying there that the AFL would set up a transition hub for families of players who do want to join them in Queensland. There'll be a process there. They won't be able to just fly in and go straight to the hub. I'm sure that they'll need to do some testing. I'm sure that they will need to do some uh, a level of perhaps isolation to make sure that they can blend into the way that the clubs are operating. But I think that's an important layer. Um, the AFL obviously not in any position to be announcing the fixture beyond round nine. So back to last night's conversation about condensed games. I reckon, if anything, this, this has been a bit of a scare for not just the AFL, the NRL are now starting to experience something similar. The A-League is up in the air very much so with the three Victorian teams and about what that looks like. I mentioned supercars before. This has been a big scare. I think the AFL will still look to try and condense some games in because it just shows how quickly things can get out of control right now. But to your calls, one 736 736 I mentioned before, there's a lot of layers to today. 
I'm happy for you to talk about any part of it that's caught your eye, that's pricked your ears, that's made you feel a certain way. Let's have a chat about it here on Time On. Sam's in Gladstone Park. Evening to you, Sam. Yeah, g'day, Jack. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Mate, it's a good thing. Who cares that it's gone to Queensland? Like, it's uh, we're still able to watch the footy. We don't have to watch, you know, all these DUIs that everyone's doing. We can get in there and just have, sit down on the couch and watch the footy on, on the TV, have a beer, and it's all good. That's the that's the biggest positive out of it all, isn't it? That we still have a competition. Mate, 100%. Like, we could be, you know, I'm not much of a round ball fan, but we could be stuck at home watching that instead, and that, that's no good. <laughs> hey, um, just on that, Sam, you obviously love your footy. How much is, we were talking about this last night on the show, I don't know if you caught it, how much is too much? How many game days a week would you like to see footy? Oh, look, I'm not a big fan of the Monday night setup, but Thursday night's a good start, I think, and then, you know, you ease into the weekend on a Friday night and Saturday, Sunday, and back over into the working week on a Monday, but the fact that it's in Queensland or WA, who cares where it is as long as it's still on, really. I reckon that's the, the thing that shouldn't be lost. And I, I spoke off the top about feeling a bit flat today that there would be no footy in Victoria. I'd be feeling, and this did, did dawn upon me as well. You always got to try and look on the bright side. It did dawn upon me I'd be a whole lot flatter if we didn't have footy at all. We went through that last time with lockdown and it sucked not having footy or any sport for that matter. So to at least still have a competition is extremely important for a lot of different reasons right now. Michael's in Cheltenham. Michael, good evening. Uh, good evening. Um, I'm interested to know how are they going to deal with their draft this year if there's no TAC and no VFL? It is the biggest unknown, I reckon, outside of running the competition day out at the moment, Michael. The honest, I don't think they know, to be truthful. Um, they... They had every intention of trying to get a, a NAB league up in, in Victoria. It's not happening. The SANFL and the, the Waffle Colts competition's going. You may see some players start to make the move and, and go over there. I think I read yesterday that Sammy Lawson of Coburg's going to play in the Waffle this year and try and keep his dream alive. As for the youngsters, Michael, my gut feel is that they, they might try and sit it out and maybe have a bit of a super series towards the back end of the year. But I think they'll certainly push the draft back. I don't think it will be the, um, the sort of mid-November period. It could, be, it could be as late as sort of first or second week of December. Yeah, okay. It's a yeah, I just thought it would be interesting to see what would happen. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And, and again, there's so many different layers to it. And Michael's chosen to talk about the recruiting side of things. I've tried to ask a few questions and tried to get a bit of an understanding about the... Recruiting and the draft process, it's its a good year if you're a youngster coming through out of WA or South Australia or Queensland, pretty much anywhere other than um, than Victoria right now, no question. But that's the gut feel at this stage is we may see some sort of exhibition series at the back end of the year where you could have three or four or five games to show you where's. It's almost like the – it's a version of the under-18 carnival. I just – I'm not sure that we'll see the players coming up against each other from the various states. It might just be a a domestic competition and players have got four weeks to try and stake their claims. It's another layer that's become increasingly complicated and I hope that these youngsters get their opportunity, but as I keep saying, these are the times that we're living in. 0433 98 11 16 to join me on the text. You can join me on the phone as well on 1300 736 736. It's been a big day with time on here on SEN.
The AFL's priority has got to be to keep the season going at all costs. And, and as a footy fan, um, that's that's my priority as well. Um, and, and so they've got to prepare for the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is the possibility that they stay um, uh, away from Victoria for the rest of the home and away season. But I, you know, I, as I said, I had a conversation with him as recently as two hours ago. And the position is, you know, that's the worst eventuality. It means that they can get families into the hubs with players because you need a little bit of runway in order to do that. But if there's, you know, if they can at all come back to Melbourne before the end of the home and away season, that's the plan. So, you know, it's, it's at, you know, at worst, the rest of the home and away season. But I'm still really hopeful that we'll get them back before then. Good to have you with us here on Time On. That was Martin Pakula, the Sports Minister for Victoria, talking to Dwayne Russell today. The chat is available in full on the podcast at sen.com.au. Still hopeful that there could be a grand final played in Victoria, but it's looking less and less likely. Off the text, 0433981116. Matt in Perth says, if the grand final is at the Gabba, should they lock into a day game? Can't imagine a twilight game with the Jew would be a great idea. Very much up for grabs now. Um, and as I say, it's it's a long way away. It's so far away at the moment that it sort of seems almost hard to, to fathom and contemplate. Um, but it would seem up for grabs. I just don't know that it's the Gabba. It's, it's certainly not my favourite venue in Australia. Um, if you were asking me to rank them, take the MCG out because for obvious reasons we have to. If you're asking me to rank them, it's Adelaide Oval just from Perth Stadium. Like, I'm talking bone crusher now, Waverly Star, how close it is. And then it's an enormous gap to the Gabba. It needs a lot of work. And it's been, the Gabba has been in, in the middle of this standoff for the best part of 10 years where everyone's blueing about who's going to fund it. It hasn't got any better. Its developments are not even close to what we see with Perth and Adelaide. Um, capacity, not quite the same either. It's, yeah, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's one of those two now. Absolutely has to be uh, either... A game played in Perth, which I reckon could be a sneaky way for the AFL to play a grand final in Perth and trial a twilight time. Given the time difference between Melbourne and Perth, they could actually have a twilight grand final without having a twilight grand final. It could start at 2.30, which would make it 5.30, and the AFL can trial it, see how it's received on the eastern seaboard, without actually having to fully commit to a Twilight Grand Final. Makes a lot of sense, I reckon. Uh, Scott from Perth says the Grand Final in Perth is a no-brainer. It holds 60,000. It's the same dimensions as the MCG. And also went on to talk about the time zones as well, which is a win-win. Everyone should be happy. Scotty, appreciate your text. This one as well. Martin Pakula knows the Grand Final won't be in Victoria. He's just making a point that they have paid for it and they're not going to give it up without without being compensated, which is only fair. And, yeah, I agree with that. And... I spoke about that last week on the show that contracts that are in place with the government, uh, with the MCC, I'm sure in these most extreme of times, everyone could sit in a room in good faith, work out a deal, add another year on the back end of whatever the contracts are, and we should be right to go. It sounds simple, and I'm sure there's more to it than just that. I'm, I'm not being uh, living in a world where I think it is just that simple, but it's probably not that hard in the scheme of things as well. Collingwood and Geelong tomorrow night, just before I get stuck to your calls again, Collingwood and Geelong tomorrow night, teams are in. 
for Geelong. Jack Stephen, who was out last week, comes in. Jordan Clark in, which I'm really glad to see. Mitch Duncan was hopeful of waiting to, to see if he could get up for this weekend. He won't with a hamstring injury. Uh, and Quinton Narkel is out injured as well. For Collingwood, Jordan Dugowie comes into the team. Didn't play last week. Travelled straight to Perth. Didn't travel with the rest of the team and has done his quarantining. So he's right to go. And Josh Dacos, good to have him back as well for Collingwood. He's just starting to find his role in this team. Unfortunately for Will Kelly, his season is over with an elbow injury. And Matt Scharenberg will miss with a rib concern as well. So it does leave with Jeremy Howe already out. And now Matt Scharenberg missing with a rib injury. It might just leave them slightly vulnerable down back, Collingwood, especially when the Cats forward line, when it gets up and running and it's it's moving nicely, could cause some headaches. We'll talk more about that game shortly. John's in Mon Albert. John, good evening. Hi, Sammy, and uh, go old Zabs. Um, just a couple of things. I've listened to the radio all day today. I'm trying to understand why we should be doing a favour for Queensland because of the, all the players going up in the hub. I think we've done Queensland a favour as well. All the money they've made from the, um, the AFL going there, that um, people can go and watch the game. Yeah, So they're not doing us a favour. Everyone's doing everyone a favour. So I don't think the grand final, yeah, that shouldn't come into any part of the calculation. We play it in where the best place is at the time. If um, restrictions are as they are today, yeah, I would say Adelaide's the place to go. Yeah, I think from that point of view, if you, I mean, I suppose if you put yourself in the Queensland government's shoes, you're crazy not to ask the question. You're absolutely crazy not to ask if you can have the grand final on top of uh, all of what you're doing. And there are some adjustments that the Queensland government have had to make to, to make this work. It's not just a case of come here and, and play. They'll have to make some sacrifices. There'll be some costings from their point of view. Uh, I think it's costing the AFL the best part of $3 million a week. So in the spirit of trying to make sport happen, I'm sure that there'll be similar conversations that the Queensland government might have to have with the NRL at some point soon. And as we mentioned earlier, they're already starting to talk about that from a supercar perspective. So appreciate your call, John. Um, Sammy's, well, Sammy's with us, but just not with us on SEN anymore. So the old Zavs, um, yeah, I've, I think I've watched one game of Ammo's footy in my life. I'm a uh, Mornington Peninsula boy. So I can't help you there with old Zabs, but I'm sure that they'll have a great year when they're back out again. Uh, off the text, 0433 98 11 16. Uh, Matt from Mornington says, G'day, SEN fans. Finally, we see the benefits of a national game with all Victorian teams based elsewhere. I'm a South Australian living in Victoria and have done so for the last 20 years and have listened to the Vic-centric spin. Maybe Victorians will wake up and realise it's a national game and how good is it to have footy on the TV? That side of things, I think we are a national game and let's get it at one of the best venues, Adelaide Oval or Perth. It's not the Gabba, that's for sure. Ben from East Melbourne says, is it fair that the AFL and the clubs went to the members and said they needed our support and asked for us to still pay for membership and are now using that money to pay for partners and families of players to live in a hub. I know it's a tough situation, but the members are doing it tougher than anyone. Why should we have to pay for families to live in a hub? I think the players should fund it if they want to bring their families. I reckon to that one, the, the clubs have been pretty upfront from the start and said that if you, as a member, if you can't afford it, if you don't have the means to pay right now because you yourself are doing it tough, that they would initiate a situation where you would get your money back or have some sort of situation where it rolls over to next year. Um, there's a lot of money being taken out of the game to keep this happening. And this will come from 
all different departments, not just membership. There'll be other sections of the AFL and their cost centres that this money will be coming out of as well. But I think you'll find that the cost of not having footy at all would be far greater than the cost that's being spent to keep the competition going with broadcast rights, with sponsorship arrangements and a whole bunch of other things. So this is expensive and they wouldn't just do it for the sake of doing it. Uh, But the cost of not having a game at all would be far greater than this cost. Those teams, just to recap on them again, Collingwood and Geelong tomorrow night. That game being played at Optus Stadium. You'll hear it all on SEN from 7 o'clock. The teams, Jack Stephen, Jordan Clark in for the Cats, Mitch Duncan and Quinton Narco out injured. Jordan Degoe and Josh Dacos in for Collingwood. Matt Scharenberg and Will Kelly to miss for the Pies. Mitch Wallace to join us next. SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. Over your, your footballing journey, you're playing significant games, um, whether it's your, your first game, your 50th game, or if you're lucky enough to, to play 150 or 200 and beyond that. But uh, some of the most significant and special moments is, is when you get to share uh, a debut with the teammate. So this week, we're unearthing uh, a little flea, Cody Waitman. Now, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a special moment for you, but also for us, mate. It's the start of your footballing journey in the red, white and blue. Um, we know what you bring, how exciting you play is, your ability to mark one-on-one. Um, but we're not looking for the remarkable stuff on the weekend. It's about you being the re- reliable, uh, you know, forward pressure player that we know you are. But uh, I can't wait, wait to, to run alongside you, and I'm sure that the 29 other, other blokes that are lucky enough to do it as well can't wait either. But um, all the best, mate, and congratulations and enjoy it. Isn't that fantastic? Welcome back to Time On on SEN. You're with Jack Heverin. We go inside the Western Bulldogs camp today. We thank them for that audio being available as well. Mitch Wallace announcing the Round 7 debutante for the Dogs. The fourth of the season, we've seen Ben Kavara, we've seen Latham Vandermeer, who's playing some really nice footy. We've seen Lewis Butler come in and play a role as well. And Cody Waitman will get his opportunity to play his first game on the weekend. Pick number 15 from the 2019 draft. And we thought it was a great opportunity to catch up with the man who made that presentation today, Mitch Wallace. Mitch, welcome to Time On. Yeah, thanks, mate, and thanks for having me. Hey, that's very cool what you did today and very well said. I'd imagine, it, I watched the video and it seemed as if you really felt quite um, honoured and proud to be presenting, Cody. Yeah, it was. And then, again, hopefully I'll, I'll look back on um, you know the time that I got to, to present that jumper, but I was very humbled when, uh, when Bevo called me up and, and asked if I wanted to do it because I've had a fair bit to, to do with Cody's journey so far. Um, he stayed with me when he first got drafted and to sort of take him on my wing for a fair bit of it, you know, his journey so far. So to be able to present that jumper to him um, is really significant. And I wish him all the best because he's a great young kid. Um, you know, I see a lot of myself in him, um, the way that he approaches his footy and his relationships outside of that. So I'm so happy for him. But I'm also very excited about what he can, you know, bring to the team. Just first up, um, we've got a, you know, a strong side in Essendon coming up and, and I'm sure that he's going to fit right in and play his role. I thought what you said there in the presentation was fantastic, that you're not looking for the spectacular. Is that, from a from a dog's perspective, is that you just want him to come in and, and be one of the 22, not to do anything outside of that? Yeah, and that's important. And I think, you know, that's that's the, the mindset that he should go into the game with, that I don't have to, you know, kick four goals, kick mm. three goals. Um, it would be great if he did, but I think if he plays his role and, and listens to his coaches and, and is just one of the... 22 contributors on the day um, it's going to be benefit for, for him but also the team with a 
the good performance. Friday night footy, it's a pretty good stage to be making a debut as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, our recent history against Essendon, we've always um, shaped up pretty well. I think we've won um, every time under, under Luke Beveridge. So, uh, again, I hope history repeats itself and we, we play well and put on a, on a spectacle on a Friday night for, for all the, the people watching around the country. Last five Bulldogs fans, that's a good omen going into uh, the weekend's game. Now, Mitch, the announcement today, how's it been received within the playing group that the stay, which was initially going to be 30-odd days, is going to be considerably longer? Yeah, it's, it, it hasn't settled in just yet. Uh, we've had a, obviously an all-staff and player meeting and then just a little player meeting before dinner. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time. Obviously, there's so many different circumstances for the individuals, not just the players, but, but staff as well. I think, um, you know, it's not lost on any of the players, the, the amount of sacrifices the coaches, assistant coaches and managers and even trainers are making, um, being up here, being away from loved ones back home. So um, I think now that we, we have to be really proactive in... And trying to convey that message to you know the partners and loved ones that aren't here, um, to you know obviously make everything, put everything in in the row if, if they're they're going to come up or not, just to try and create some certainty around what the you know the next ten week looks like. But um, interesting, mate. We're again yeah. we're, we're going to attack it. We're going to be optimistic about it. But um, again, it's it's going to throw up its challenges. Am I right in saying are you and your young family have you got your family with you at the hub at the moment, Mitch? I do. I'm, I'm yeah. very fortunate that they uh, they took the plane flight up with us, and I've got young Charlotte who's turning three weeks old on the weekend, so she's still a, <laughs> welcome to the world, still, Charlotte. <laughs> still, uh, already already jetting off on, on an aeroplane. So, uh, but my wife's been a great support, and again, uh, all the families um, of the players are up here, which has been a, a great support network for the for the girls and the, and the kids that are that are here. But now the next step, obviously. He's trying to get, um, you know, the coaching staff's families and, and then the other partners of the players uh, up here as well. Mitch Wallace joining us tonight on Time On. So, Mitch, how do you keep the group together? I think the West Coast Eagles have been the most interesting test case so far. They were pretty open from the start and saying that they weren't enjoying their life in the hub. They worked it out in the last couple and they seem to be flying back to Perth, a, a much happier team. How do you as a club approach trying to all stay together and, and stay as positive as you can? Because there will be some flat spots. There is. And we're, we're always searching for, for opportunities to, to be social and, and, and catch up and have conversations that, that aren't always about footy. Um, I know the, the restrictions of, of quarantine are up on uh, Sunday night at you know, 11.59, 59 seconds. So <laughs> down that time. Yep. Um, so we're, we're allowed to actually go outside the resort or the confines of the resort. So that'll, you know, that we're looking forward to that. That's a date that we've got set in our, our minds that, you know, things will change uh, from then on. But again, it, it's tough. You, you just, you just got to be in it together, um, put your, your helmet on and, and take all the knocks and the challenges that come your way in this first, you know, immediate period of quarantine. Um, there's no perfect way to go about it, but just, Having as many lines of communication, um, you know, if, if you need support or um, you, you're doing it a bit tough, just to, to have the conversations so, so, so people can get around you and support you. Um, but, yeah, we're, again, at the end of the day, we're, we're here to play footy. So there's, there's always the, the carrot of, of playing good footy and, and playing and win so you can enjoy your time. You're one of the mature players on the squad now. You're a dad, so you've got responsibilities. Have you learned a bit more <laughs> about some of the, uh, the younger blokes on the list who perhaps don't have those same responsibilities? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't have the, the gaming gene. So I've, I've never, you know, owned a PlayStation or a or an Xbox or anything like that. But um, you know, the amount of tournaments, FIFA tournaments, COD, there's so many different acronyms and things happening uh, around the gaming world, uh, and the boys just love it. Like I don't know how you can spend that that long in front of a TV screen, um, 
but again, they're loving it, and it's it's like you said, part of part of passing the time and enjoying yourselves is having tournaments and things on the side to to look forward to and, and have a bit of a laugh. So the boys have been loving it. Um, again, we've got a pool too, access to a pool, so we're doing some swimming, some recovery, and some some games around the pool to to pass the time as well. So. Um, as much as we're in a quarantine hub, we're, we've still got the access to, to do some fun stuff. How was the review of the Carlton game? The, to, to me, watching it was a game where the Blues really sort of set the tone early on. Their, their stuff through the middle of the ground was fantastic. Their tackling pressure was on early, and they really wrestled control from a very early part of the game. Yeah, it was, it was a disappointing start. They, they sort of put us on the back foot, um, especially with the, the centre clearance work. I think well, the, the one, the first six, or it was 6-1 um, early in that game, and and we just weren't ready for their pressure. Um, they got a couple of holding of all three kicks in the back 50, and we could never bridge that, you know, that three-goal gap um, the whole game. And it just felt like we were always trying to get back in the game rather than, you know, really play our, our style. And then it was really disappointing, obviously, the, the blowout that it was with the, with the last five goals in the last five minutes. So I don't think that the scoreline reflected um, the game as such, but we do have to have learnings of, of being able to reset and, um, you know, go again so we can, can get that margin back to a, a winnable margin rather than it blowing out to you know the, the 50 points that it did. Is that a learning from footy in 2020, that the starts, while they're not everything and you can come back, that if you can start a game well, especially with the way that it's looking at the moment, it can really set things up? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, with what, 16-minute quarters plus time on, um, the better you start, you can control the game and the momentum, the momentum shifts aren't as, as large as they were probably in, in seasons gone by. So, um, you know, we, we set out to start well every game, but, um, yeah, there's none more important than, than the upcoming ones to, to really shape up the back half of our year. Mitch, good luck for the game against the Bombers Friday night. going to be a really good game. They've strung together some nice performances in the last few weeks, and there's always something good that happens when you two get together. So good luck, and thanks for your time tonight. Oh. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Have a good one. Mitch Wallace from the Western Bulldogs joining us here on Time On. Some takeaways from that. I think the starts were, were learning for sure. And there was an article in today's Herald Sun that I thought was uh, really well written as well about the starts. I reckon it was Sammy Landsberger who might have uh, written that article. It is fortune tellers and bright future for teams hitting the early goal mark. So some of the takeaways from that is that from Sam's article today is that Port Adelaide are four and zero, Geelong three and zero, Collingwood three and zero, and Richmond three and zero. They're all undefeated when they get to four goals first. And uh, Collingwood and Richmond played that draw in round two as well. So if you think that the starts aren't important, first quarter numbers are huge, and that's something that we definitely established from footy this year, and that was hugely important in the Western Bulldogs and Carlton game uh, as well. As for Hub Life. Um, they have had to do it from a perspective, the Western Bulldogs, of having virtually nothing to do for 14 days other than train, play and not leave the confines of the resort. They're big sacrifices that the players, the coaches, the officials, as Mitch said, the umpires, AFL staff, massive sacrifices that everyone's making. 0433 98 11 16, send us your text. What are you expecting from your team on the weekend? We'll start to take a look at what's coming up. You're with Jack Heverin on Time On. Welcome back to Time On. Before we finish up tonight, we've learnt obviously across the day that Victorian AFL teams are going to be based in Queensland for the next 10 weeks. There's a possibility that the NRL could do something similar. It's a good time for us to check in with Australian Jackaroo Barry Lester. It's all thanks to Apia. We're all about possibilities. Talk to our dedicated specialist today on 13.50.50. One of the best bowlers in Australia. He's also involved at the Burley Heads Bowls Club and does a lot of coaching uh, in Queensland. And an ex-Victorian, Baz, welcome to Time On. 
Uh, thank you very much, Jack. And yeah, ex-Victorian, thinking of my Victorian friends out there at the moment, mate, uh, being now stationed up here in Queensland. Tell us about the resumption of your sport. Um, everyone's going through their own battles to try and make it happen. How have you gone about it? Yeah, we opened up just before stage three restrictions uh, went into place in terms of the numbers and the new guidelines uh, put to us by Bolts Queensland. And we were only allowed to have roll-ups 20 per green. So that was under strict social distancing, sanitising and you know, no physical uh, touching and all that. So, yeah, strict guidelines. We adhered to all that. And then once that stage three came in, we were allowed to get back to playing competition bowls. And, yeah, we're doing things we've never done before, sanitising the equipment, the mats, the jacks and having plenty of sanitizer available and just really encouraging. And I wouldn't use the words brainwash, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, really encouraging uh, our members and, and anyone that's outside playing any bowls that this is the new normal, you know, uh, keeping your social distance and no high-fiving and, and playing this sort of new form of bowls. How have the members and the participants found it? Are they all on board? I've been so impressed, Jack. Yeah, there hasn't been any questions. There hasn't been... Uh, anyone, any backlash, it's just been, you know, we understand, Barry, uh, our management, our board, you know, we're meeting regularly just to make sure we're up to date with all the rules and regs. And we've been able to now uh, get barefoot bowls out there happening with plenty of signage, making sure everyone's keeping their distance and, and having a good time too. I think with with putting all the rules in place, you've still got to encourage us to uh, get out and enjoy the sport we all love. And, and I noticed from a probably a, a mental point of view. A lot of our members have just loved getting back out of the house and, and getting down to the club and, and, uh, and I, I suppose, getting a few feelings off their chest. Yeah, which is fantastic and, and so lucky that the, the residents of Queensland are able to do that. Just before we let you go, from your own point of view, there's a, it's going to be a big 2021 for you and the Australian team. Have you just started to get back into the groove? I, I have, Jack. Yeah, I've just done a bit of training tonight after work and yeah, I'm lifting the load and I've made a few little modifications with my training just so that I can try and peak at the right time. But, uh, you know, I'm continually trying to learn as much as I can out of this sport. So when the major events come around, I'm ready. And it's been a real big learning curve for a lot of athletes in a lot of different sports. So for myself, just making sure I get back into my my routine and and doing the things that help me be consistent. And uh, from a mental and physical point of view, just making sure I'm in touch with my family back home and, and still doing plenty of walking and, and staying mobile. So, yeah, really excited for what's coming ahead events-wise, and uh, we just hope everyone can continue to do the right thing and uh, things move up onwards and upwards. We're going to check in with you uh, in the next little while and keep a, a pace with not only what you're doing at club level, but also how you're tracking towards 2021. Baz, as always, great to catch up. Really appreciate it, Jack. Barry Lester joining us for APR. We're all about possibilities. Talk to our dedicated specialist today on 135050. It's just such a financial disaster for the competition. But now it's a matter of just getting the season away as best we can and and to do so and to help everybody as best we possibly can. So it's all shoulders to the wheel. Help the uh, the players and their families as best we possibly can. And again, you know, that's uh, something that the AFL will announce. But, you know, it, it has been done in, in, uh, in harness with the AFL Players Association Everybody's trying to make the best of a horrible situation and we'll do whatever we can. And, you know, the next few years, we're going to have to try and fight back. Uh, fingers crossed that there is a, a next year, you know, but let's get this year out of the way as best we possibly can, I think, is what we're trying to do. And, you know, uh, if ever... It's quite funny, Dwayne, you know, you go into these meetings now with the AFL and, uh, you know, being an old reporter, you sit down with your, 
your piece of paper to take your notes and you've got your pen in hand and you're hearing a story that would be the biggest story in the history of football every other day. That's you know, and, and, and in a nonchalant manner that's being presented without spin and uh, everybody just listens, nods their head, tries to work it out as best they can. You ask a few questions and, and that's about it. And, uh, you know, Gil and Richard Goida present it in the best possible way as far as disease as possible is concerned. Uh, they try and get as much of the information so that they, you know, people aren't guessing. They talk to the players' association. Gil looked like he hadn't slept all night, that he'd been in negotiations all night. And by the time it comes to the clubs, we know the AFL are doing what they can. And, you know, if you can come up with an idea that's any better, good luck. But most people now are just saying, right, OK, how can we support? Eddie Maguire talking to Dwayne Russell today on Dwayne's World. As I always say, you can download the podcast, listen to that chat and all of Dwayne's great stuff from across the day in full on the podcast and sen.com.au. Eddie Maguire talking about the financial disaster that the game is going to be faced with. We sort of touched on this earlier, the, the cost, and there was a text or it was a text or a call. It was a text about paying for a club membership and that now that that money is going towards players, partners, Potentially, that's that was the insinuation. Anyway, there's a lot of money coming from a lot of different places uh, to make footy a reality, and that's just one layer of it. And as the clubs have all said from the start, if you can't afford your membership for this year because you, in fact, have been impacted with your own work situation or your finances are not at the point where you can fund a club membership or you just don't feel like you want your money to be going to a club membership this year, especially when you can't go to the game, you can contact your footy club. Their membership departments are available uh, and we've had a number of texts from people saying that they've done exactly that and made an arrangement with their club. So uh, it is available. Things you may have missed before we finish up. We mentioned earlier and we spoke to Mitch Wallace from the Western Bulldogs that they will unleash their first round prospect from last year's draft, Cody Waitman, to face the Bombers on Friday night. But it won't be the only debutant in that game. The Bombers will give Ned Cahill their opportunity, his opportunity to play his first game for the club. He was taken with pick number 56 in last year's draft. So good luck to Ned. Good luck to the Bombers. Good luck to the Western Bulldogs. This is going to be a really, really good game of footy this one on Friday night. To basketball, uh, Duke's Jack White has joined Melbourne United after COVID-19 has unfortunately forced him to abandon his plans to try out for the NBA. There are a few players like a John Robertson who are going to try their, their wares elsewhere. Uh, Nick Kaye is another one, a huge name in Australian basketball who won't be playing in the NBL this season. So we've seen some players go that way where they leave the competition. This is a really, really good inclusion for players coming into the competition. Jack White's a really smart player. He's tough. He's going to make a massive, massive impact for Melbourne United. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And I think that Dean Vickerman will get the best out of him. So great move by Melbourne United. We await the Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, We await the Adelaide 36ers. I reckon there's a fair bit that's going to happen there in the next little while. They have lost Anthony Drimmick to the Brisbane Bullets, but I think they've got some good stuff happening. And Emmett Nara spoke last night on the show that the Illawarra Hawks are yet to sign a player. They signed their first player today with Emmett Nara, but depending on who you believe and the talk around town, it looks as though Sunday Deck might sign with the Adelaide 36ers and leave the Hawks. And finally, we didn't get much of a chance to touch on this We will do over the coming days here on SEN. The Big Bash schedule is out today. It's going to run from early December to early February. The WBBL fixture came out yesterday, and that competition will jump in mid-October. Is that in some doubt and some jeopardy? We don't know. It's too far to forecast. But the BBL, starting in early December, they are trying everything they can to have it finished by the Australia Day weekend from all reports. So we shall wait 
and we shall see. I'll be back tomorrow night with the match committee. Terry Wallace will be alongside me. We'll go through all of the ins and all of the outs for the weekend's footy. Stay safe. Thanks for being with me. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Have a great night.